You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It is hour two of The Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith and Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes today. Uh, Doug and I having a big bubble conversation a few minutes ago. We'll continue that with Rick Buecher, who's coming up in about 20 minutes. Fox Sports 1, Bleacher Report, NBA Insider, as the NBA is getting down to it when we start to see teams report in the coming days. Uh, However, this story has kind of blown up in the past 45 minutes or so, so we're going to get to this now for a bit. As uh, on Twitter, about 45 minutes ago, President Donald Trump called out NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace on Monday, saying that a noose found in his garage at Talladega last month was a hoax, and he also was questioning NASCAR's decision to ban the Confederate flag. Here's the quote from President Trump. Has at Bubba Wallace apologized to all of those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him, only to find out that the whole thing was just another hoax. That and flag decision has caused lowest ratings ever. This is a tweet from President Donald Trump just a few minutes ago on the Bubba Wallace story as, you know, look, Doug, this story honestly was 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 done being a front burner story. It happened. We dealt with it. We talked about it. NASCAR United, which was a great moment. And and, uh, you know, President Trump is is bringing this up again and and uh, throws this out here on a Monday morning. Yeah, I mean, it goes in the on the back of his speech in South Dakota, at Mount Rushmore, you know, which in 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 a moment where you think a leader unites a leader, he, uh, the leader of the free world divides. Um, I, I look, do I think that Bubba could have, you know, when he immediately found out or when when he was told several times that it had been hanging previously, um, could could he have, you know, was there a different way to handle it? Of course there was. Of course there was. But I would also tell you that, you know, I'm, I'm not a black person, but, you know, if I find if somebody says there's a noose hanging in your garage, you know, whatever, however long it had been there or whatever the intent of a, a garage pull or whatever that somebody that that it's about alleged to have been like, I probably would have freaked out, too. You know, I mean, like. Look, I'm Jewish. If somebody put a swastika in my garage or something that looked like a swastika, I would have been like, what, what, what is going on? Well, the swastika has been there for a couple of years like that doesn't change it to me. Right. So I, I, I actually, look, I understand his freak out and I do believe that there was a moment where he could have really, really won the day and said, look, obviously it was a misunderstanding in terms of was it directed at me, but I, I cannot thank my fellow drivers enough. You know, like we're making these correlations about ratings equating to popularity, I, I, I guess. But part of it is fewer and fewer people are, are watching sports on TV because right now everyone's watching news on TV or they're just done with everything on TV and they're not watching any of it until sports comes back. So there's a there's, there's a there's a it's a lot. It's loaded. Um, but I, I don't understand the need to apologize at this point other than saying it was a misunderstanding right like that's really what it was yeah for the beginning for everything how it unfolded i don't see how nascar could have done anything differently 
Here's the garage. Hey, this is a noose. Wow, this is a noose. NASCAR went and told Bubba Wallace, hey, there's a noose in your garage. Okay. At this point, the story was going to go how it was going to go because what does it look like if NASCAR says, we're looking into we're looking into this, and it could be a noose, we're not sure, and then what's the blowback? They can't even admit that it's a noose. And a sport that has made big strides forward with the Confederate flag controversy saying, listen, it's no longer welcome at our track, suddenly is playing defense. And Okay, well, wait, wait, wait. Uh, conversely, if you say, uh, well, with what's going on with with driver Bubba Wallace, we're looking into this, and we'll have a statement in a couple of days. We don't want to we don't want to go crazy on this. Then it's wait a minute, a noose was found in his garage. How can you say we're investigating? How can you say there yeah, was yeah. no way NASCAR could come out with anything other than how they did it? How they went? We were going to get to the point where Look, boy, there's a little bit of embarrassment because it was there for a while. We don't know how or why it got there, uh, but I don't know how there was going to be anything that was going to change how it went from when the story was first reported to the finding out that, okay, this wasn't put there specifically for Bubba Wallace. It was somehow there fashioned as a rope. I I don't know how they would have gotten past any of that point to get to that point of it. Um, There are ways, but, but like, look here, this is, and and again, Jason feel like one of the things that I think you and I have done a really good job of here is we're having a conversation. Like this is actually the way it's supposed to go, right? It's, it's in any of these, in any of these, like I, I, all people should be like, all right, here's what I think. Well, here's what I think. It doesn't have, we, we shouldn't necessarily operate in this. There's only one thought, right? Like there, there's a, a bunch. It's even, even if you go to the NBA and what they're allowing players to put on the back of their jerseys, if you want to open up free speech to make political or, you know, social justice thoughts, then you can't limit it to 10 different things you can say, right? Like it, I wouldn't put it on my jersey, but it's, and I don't think anybody would, but the idea that you can't put Trump 2020 on the back of your jersey when you can make other political statements, I think is a mistake. I think that's actually limiting free speech. It's doing the opposite of what you're saying you're doing. But um, I think here, here's what this particular incident to me, that's the micro to the macro, which is we have to take context. Everything is about context. The Redskins nickname is about context, and we've lost all context. The statues that are put up for Christopher Columbus or Thomas Jefferson or whatever, it's about context. And the bu- what happened with Bubba Wallace and the reaction to it is all about context. Like, let's not forget that uh, the week before they said, hey, no Confederate flags, which I, I don't know why it took so long, but congratulations to NASCAR. Welcome to the 21st century, right? Okay, so they do that first. Then they're getting ready to race on Sunday before it was canceled or postponed, and somebody pays for a plane or somebody puts in the back of their plane, you know, the Confederate flag, and they fly it over the head. So, so now you create this tension after a decision was made, which uh, there was already, it was already tense. Then you're Bubba Wallace and you hear there's a noose in your garage and you don't see it. It becomes a game of telephone and it gets, and you're like, wait, it's in, it's only in my, it's in my garage hanging over my car. Like, so I, I think that it's really important that while Bubba Wallace's uh, reaction when he was on with like Don Lemon and a couple other people was over the top. And I, I do think it missed the mark and it was unwilling. And the, the term hoax is I think a little strong. I, I I just think it was a misunderstanding is really what happened. Um, I, I I give Bubba Wallace more of a pass than I give other people a pass 
because of the context, because it be, because of the it was the first race where there were people there and there weren't supposed to be Confederate flags. And somebody did fly, fly a Confederate flag over the Sunday race before the Monday. And look, my net takeaway is my net takeaway from a lot of these things, which is the the the, the net net is all these NASCAR drivers like they don't want to be considered racist. They want to lock arm in arm with all like, look, we just want to race. and We want to have a great time and we want to make a lot of money and we don't care what the color of your skin is, which is my net net from a lot of these things. Ninety nine percent of humanity is against racism. They really are. And we we have a tendency to hyper focus on the smallest infinitesimal percentage, which it's like it's like white supremacist marches. They've 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 been in this country forever. They're smaller, really, than ever. They feel louder than ever because we amplify it with social media and with right and traditional media. And I, I think that we yeah, always have to take context into a remark, into a nickname, into a reaction that that paints a much clearer picture for what really happened. For Bubba Wallace, Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes. It turned out to be a moment of incredible uh, of forwardness for NASCAR with whatever this, even though the noose wasn't put there for him. The powerful photo of him on the track with all the drivers with their masks on behind him showing, you know, th- th- we are we are for stamping out racism. We drive together. We stand behind Bubba Wallace. It's not just about that. You're, you're also talking about the Confederate flag controversy that was not even in the background of this. I mean, this is forefront. Here's the Confederate flag controversy, and here is the noose in Bubba Wallace's garage. The the two were kind of melded together because this is hey we want to stamp out racism. So okay, so this is why Bubba Wallace is 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 talking to people, and this is why I think you talk about his interview with Don Lemon and in other uh, aspects, other interviews he did. I think this is why there's been that bit of backlash because Bubba Wallace went on and did these interviews and didn't really recognize the fact that okay this wasn't meant there for you. This was something where Bubba Wallace wanted to stand up and say, this is my chance. When am I ever going to get a chance to talk about uh, equality and, and, and stamping out racism and, being, and, and, and us being inclusionary? This is my moment to do it. And the Confederate flag is really what we're talking about as well as the noose in my garage. So I, so I think that's why he went forward with the, the strategy he had doing the interviews. And I could see where that turned some people off. Going, oh, well, he's got to just at least admit the noose wasn't, oh, I, can't, I can't believe it. But what he was doing was really just saying, hey, we're all in it to end racism. Look at, look at me and all of our drivers who are here together doing this. And I think that's what got lost in the message is just that, oh, he's got to apologize for it. He's got to say this. He's got to say this. No, he's just putting out a message of being inclusionary for race. And, and I don't see anything wrong with that. And, and, and if that's what comes out of this, that suddenly NASCAR, as you said, joined the 21st century, then I think that's great. I th- if this is where we're at, and I'm actually looking at the, the, the selfie he took right now that keeps playing on the story in the background of the, of the Donald Trump tweet story, I think that's overwhelmingly positive for NASCAR and for sports in general going forward. I, I do. I mean, like, look, did it, was it, was it uncomfortable? You know, was it a little uncomfortable and how over the top and defiant he was about what, the, how sure he was and how he felt? Yes. Okay, but this, but again, you know, the, though I, I don't necessarily know, it, like there's, there's a difference there between like an outright apology and Hey man, I freaked out a little bit, but again, like my net takeaway is, you know, all these, all these people had my back and that's really what's important, right? Really what's important is, and 
And it's also, imp- I, th- I think it's also important to realize, recognize that I, I would hope a largest percentage of NASCAR fans are not in fact racist. They're, they're, they're not. That, that is one thing that I think, you know, Trump is capitalizing on is there, there is a, a pushback from some to which you're like, look, it, it's okay. It's, it's very, very, oh, it's, it's okay to not agree with everything, everything of the progressive left and not be a racist. You know, there, there's a, there's an in-between between, you know, everything is bad and America is bad and, or you're a racist, right? There's a whole huge span in between. And I think that's one of the things that Bubba Wallace could have sort of capitalized on, which if you actually take it as you and I do as what happened, that's, I think what happened, which is like, I'm sure there's guys that don't align with Bubba Wallace politically or with, you know, the super far left politically, but are good gentlemen, humans who just want to race or just want to, as fans, just want to support NASCAR or whatever. Like, look, there, there are parts of the story and, you know, Ryan Music's producing uh, this version of the Dan Patrick show here on Fox Sports Radio with Jason Smith. I'm Doug Gottlieb. There are parts of the story that at the moment that it happened, I was sitting here going like, this doesn't seem right. I right? just, there was nobody in the garages because there's only 5,000 people in a hundred thousand uh, seat stadium and there's cameras everywhere. There's just, why would, why would it, that would be the dumbest crime of the century in terms of if you don't want to get caught. So that part just didn't seem right to me. Um, and I do think kind of to go back and I would counter you to what was NASCAR to do. NASCAR could have taken a breath and said, all right, ho- hold on. Like, let's, who was, let's check the cameras. Let's see who is here. This is one of the things that we're doing now with political marches, which is, we, we, we can want justice, but justice isn't vigilante justice. Justice isn't, I think I know what happened because I saw it on a cell phone camera or even saw it on a body camera. And I determined that's exactly what happened. Justice is investigation. Justice in many cases is okay. Now it goes to court. Then there's 12 jurors and there's a trial. And then when it comes out, then there's the ruling and maybe there's the appeal. Like that's what justice looks like. It isn't jumping to conclusions and determining everybody's a racist or everybody's not a racist, whatever. I do think though, the net takeaway is NASCAR is united in trying to be viewed differently than the traditional view of NASCAR is. And you can try and deny this all you want, but NASCAR is widely considered a Southern sport there. It was the home of Confederate flags. Not all people were, were, were racist, but there, there was a, there, there's, it's like the, it's the whitest sport in America. Right. And so you sit there and you could make, you could have a predetermined bias. If you're someone of color, that's that while it may not be reasonable in facts, it could be reasonable in feelings. And NASCAR's trying to eliminate, eliminate some of that. And I just, I wouldn't take the bait if I was Bubba Wallace and I would just go like, Hey, look, all my brothers supported me and we're just going to keep racing and we want we want the support of all fans, especially ones that just want to see great racing. 
You know, and now that's going to be the, the big question is what happens with NASCAR now coming off of this? Well, how do they deal with this with this tweet? And I would hope that NASCAR, as, as you said, Bubba, look, look, we want to race. We want to be together. I would hope that NASCAR would learn of the missteps of the NFL. When President Trump first started tweeting about kneeling the national anthem was, oh, my God, the president is tweeting about us. Oh, my God, what, what are we going to do? And it was they were scattered and they had no game plan. And it was, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then you hear, you know, many, many people online say, I'm never going to watch the NFL again. And this may be why ratings are going down and all of this crazy stuff. And the NFL didn't know where to go. Why is the president uh, attacking us on this when this was a, a topic that had really been settled, right? It was, wasn't a front burner story when the president brought it back up, but the NFL didn't know how to deal with it. Now, we're years later, and obviously the aftermath of the killing of George Floyd has made us different, but the NFL has decided I'm, we're going to stand behind our players. And we understand uh, that not everybody's going to agree with this, but we're behind our players. That's how we're going to go forward. And also, you know, three years later, you realize that President Trump tweets about everything. You know, I mean, he's he's probably well, gone. He, he's yeah. he's on from that now. Obviously, he's doing this. He wants to fire up his base. Yes, you know that, that, that this is what he's trying to do. Yes, but in the end, if NASCAR ignores it, it's not like we're suddenly now we're going to be in a big back and forth, and this is the front burner story. Something else is going to happen that's going to take President Trump's uh, attention away, and maybe he circles back and tweets about it at some point. However, it is, but I, I think the NFL would say, "Boy, if we had just ignored it." Everything would have been fine, and I think NASCAR would say if, if, if we take that tack of it, just he said what he said, we're going to ignore it and move on and race. And we're about racing, and, and we said what we said, and, and we're going on. I think that's the right thing to do. This is, this is what we're doing. I, we're I, going on. I, we're I, w- I would agree. I would agree. But to this point, just about everybody else has taken the bait. And I do, th- like, the, I, I, I do think the flag thing, there is a, there's, there's enough people – who are bothered by people kneeling before the flag. They, they just they just, just are. I think it's a different, but all, all these things are the same, which is our brethren in the media always take the bait. And I'm wondering if NASCAR does as well. Twitter at how about a fresca Doug at Gottlieb show again uh, this story just coming in now President Trump calling out Bubba Wallace and NASCAR in a tweet asking for Bubba Wallace to apologize to the NASCAR drivers who came to his aid only to find out the new situation was a hoax and he says that and the flag decision has caused lowest ratings ever we'll have more on this story uh, throughout the show today but coming up next we got Rick Buecher stopping by as the NBA is getting set to report to the bubble in Orlando is everybody Everybody's still all in on it. We got a couple of teams closing their facilities this week because of COVID-19 concerns. Keep it right here for all this and more. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. And uh, a big day in the NBA as now things are starting to get tight. As teams are getting set to report to the Orlando bubble, we have a couple of teams who have shut down their own practice facilities, the Bucks and the Kings, the latest two teams, due to coronavirus concerns. You have players talking about the nervous anxiousness surrounding the NBA bubble that there is. And joining us now on the hotline to help us break it all down, Bleacher Report, Fox Sports 1, NBA insider Rick Buecher. Rick, what's happening, man? Not a uh, not a whole lot. I'm not uh, I'm not in the bubble, but I am uh, but I am positive that I am negative. All right. <laughs> to the coronavirus. Oh, okay, so I guess uh, 
Uh, look, the, the there's like a dry run here with the TBT, the basketball tournament, and they've yep. had they've had some issues. They had four teams that couldn't even participate. Now a fifth team, Eberline Drive, is not even going to get to play because they had one guy test positive. Um, mm-hmm. wh- what about some of these NBA teams that have had some players test positive? Will they then rejoin their teams in Orlando? Uh, I, my understanding is they're going to attempt to do that, but it's, I mean, this is a, it's a very fluid situation. And now that we've been talking about this for weeks and there's been a certain degree of optimism that they are going to get this done. I know that the NBA is still committed to finding a way to get this done, but now that we're actually having to make it happen, now that it's the reality of, Guys have to show up. They have to stay. Uh, they have to stay virus-free, and they have to have this collection of people stay virus-free. They're finding the challenge in doing that. So, I still believe that they're going to find a way to get this done. But it is, and I can tell you, the people in the league are more uh, concerned that they're not going to be able to as much as they want to uh, simply because of the protocol that they've put in place in terms of the standards that if you test positive, then you got to be quarantined for, for two weeks. And uh, all, all we need at this point are some, uh, you know, some significant players uh, testing positive or having to be quarantined for a couple of weeks and uh, and this whole thing could go sideways. So uh, we'll see. But uh, it is not a good sign that teams are having to shut down their facilities because it makes it uh, in infinitely harder for these guys to get back into the shape that they need to be in. It's still not getting back to any sort of five-on-five five yet, but guys need to get in. Look, there, there's for, for those who think uh, every player – has his own home gym and his own home court. Those are, you know, maybe a dozen guys in the league uh, have that readily available. Most of them need their facility open in order for them to get the kind of even individual training that they need to prepare for a season. Do you think, Rick, that because Doug and I had this conversation a few minutes ago, we got into it about the being in the bubble versus not being in the bubble. At this point, does getting mm. there – helps so much because right now there's so much so many problems with players trying to stay healthy when they're living everyday lives in addition to playing that once they get to the bubble and the NBA is in charge of things and you're in that quarantine that that they can keep a lid on COVID-19 and we can actually focus on the basketball well certainly I, I would hope that they'd have a better chance in the bubble I know we're going to Florida and my suggestion is they should be doing this in Montana it has the fewest cases Build, build, build your own little uh, park uh, there or facility. Uh, certainly, we, we got a, a, a hoop up in time for uh, Jordan to make Space Jam. Um, you're telling me that we couldn't, we couldn't do that someplace. I know getting players to Montana versus Florida uh, is, uh, uh, might be a little more difficult. Then again, we don't have fans, and they're not supposed to be going out going crazy anyway, so uh, I, 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 I mean, I, it's partly in jest, but it's like, how badly do you want to get this done? And that's the thing that is going to have to come home. How badly do the players want to, uh, want to get, this, get this done and to play? Because 
the, uh, the, the, the rules and the protocol and, and everything, the resources that the NBA needs uh, to keep this, the league safe enough to play, they are going to be there. It's going to be there. It's going to be a question of do the players adhere to that or does human nature take over? And as we've seen in various places in the country, our, our younger citizens feeling like, hey, I'm asymptomatic or I'm young and it's not going to influence me or, hey, I want to live my life. That's what has kicked this thing sideways. And our, uh, you know, the, the, the players in the NBA, by and large, fall into that demographic. So we will see uh, whether guys are willing to do it. And, but I, I think in some ways, this, uh, these warning shots now perhaps could send the message, hey, we can't mess around. If we want to get this done, we're going to have to do it right. There is the one thing, though, Buke, like are these guys – really not just at risk forget about of of contracting it of of getting it but are they actually at risk if they get it right like there's there doesn't seem to be any statistical data that tells you that if they get it these guys are in danger of uh, not not just losing their lives but of losing substantial lung capacity that just doesn't there, there doesn't seem to be the data to support that yeah if you if you really dig into the medical issues uh no but this is the NBA is not, it's not just a matter of is there damage going to be done, but uh, are, what kind of example are we setting for the rest of the country in terms of how to approach this? If we simply, and, and by the way, it may not affect the players, but we've got 65 year old Mike D'Antoni, who's going to be there. We have any number of assistant coaches uh, in their 50s, other coaches in their 50s and their 60s, uh, there are plenty of people that uh, could contract it and would be uh, severely uh, in danger if they did. And so that's, it, that's the issue. It's not just, you know, the players will be safe or the players would not, uh, n- not suffer any you know, dire consequences as a result of having it. It's that the NBA community is bigger than that. No, no, I, I, I get it, but I mean, like, look, that that is a, I if you're if you're if you're a coach that old, either you know you coach from the third row, you know, uh, wear wear gloves and a mask, or have somebody else coach. But I, I just the players that I I don't something doesn't line up with some of these guys who say, you know, family because we we never question a family, like we're never going to do that. But the truth is that like you have. You have better medical care there than you would have right. at home. At home, you're not living in a bubble. You're not, you're not quarantined at home. Right. So the idea that you have a stronger likelihood of, of contracting it for your family, n- not as much. It's really more, you know, people 60 years plus, And those yeah. are the people that have to make their own individual decisions. Yeah. Well, look, I'm not debating that. And I've said it like guys, uh, NBA players will be safer in the bubble than they would be any place else. So there's not, there's not the excuse that, Hey, I'm worried about contracting this. So I don't want to go to Florida or I don't want to go to the bubble or uh, whatever it is. I, I, I do think that's an excuse, but it still comes down to be in the bubble and, uh, and then be smart because, uh, you know, I mean, I've had GMs tell me this, like the great concern is guys are going to try to be, 
you know, not it's not about family. It's trying to sneak people in that aren't supposed to be in or sneaking out or that, you know, especially especially once they get there and they're we're talking about a, like a three month uh, adventure here. Sure. At some point, guys get a little restless or they think, ah, oh, it's not that bad or I'm OK or, you know, I need a night out or I need to bring somebody in. And then who knows what happens? Uh, because there's going to be testing throughout, and all you need is really all you need is one case like that, and uh, and and then the NBA has to deal with a potential PR nightmare. Who is uh, let, let's let's get to the actual teams. Um, yeah, Avery Bradley not going. Lou Williams still TBD. I'm thinking he's going. How yeah. does it change your perspective on the West with Avery Bradley not going? Uh, it, it does some, I mean, look, it doesn't because I've always thought that the Clippers because of their age and their depth, um, and their relative size that, uh, that they, uh, they've, they've always been my favorite, uh, in, in the West. I do believe as I, as I start to think about the dynamics of playing again, that, it, that the ability to play slower, and and it's funny because we've gone to this small ball league. I think size is going to be a a huge factor. Having to play this many games and having to play at a very uh, high level and an intense level right away. I think teams that can control tempo and that can play a little bit slower and still be effective are the teams that are going to have uh, an advantage. So. You know, I like Toronto. I think Boston is hurt by that. Uh, Philadelphia, uh, you know, if those guys come back in any kind of a shape, I, uh, any kind of shape, I think suddenly they have an advantage that that they didn't previously have. Uh, the Lakers still, but Dwight Howard has to be there. And and uh, and, and the other concern that I have is is age wise. Uh, the older teams, I I I have my concerns about. Can you get all your guys, can Rajon Rondo, Danny Green, can they get revved up and uh, and and in the kind of condition that they need to be in without suffering injury? How quickly can you get there? And that's again, that's where I think the depth is a is a huge factor because uh, you're 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 not going to want to play anybody, you know, over thirty thirty two minutes because if you have to play anybody forty in order. To, uh, in order for your team to be at its best, then I think that's a recipe for disaster. Rick Buki with us here. Jason Smith, Doug Ollie, been for Dan and the Danettes. Okay, Rick, so let do, do this real quick. If I said to you, fill in the blank, with all this stuff mm-hmm. going on right now, you have the favorites, you have the Bucks, the Clippers, the Lakers are still at the top. If I said to mm-hmm. you, it wouldn't surprise me if surprise team X won the NBA title. What team would you tell me? Surprise team that wouldn't really surprise you if they won the NBA title. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. The Knicks are not there, just so you know. The Knicks nah, are not there. I was going to say the Rockets yeah. or something like that. The Knicks are not there. I was going to say the Rockets or something. No, you know what? I, I have a hard time with the Rockets, again, because it runs counter to my idea. That, yes, they play slow, but they're small. And they, gotta, and they have to really rely on, on – James and Russell, and, I, and I, I hate to say it, but like James is one of those guys that I could see breaking protocol. I just you think I just, I you, just th- you think the guy who has his jersey hanging in the rafters of, of a strip club, you, you think? 
Okay, you said it. You said it. I didn't. Uh, so, um, actually, you know, it, most it likely is, to contract. Is there a betting line for most likely to contract COVID? Oh wow! Well, there's lines on everything. All right, so go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I apologize. It's a fair point. Um, there's so much that I don't like about them, but the Philadelphia 76ers, I think, have a better shot. Like, better shot than I than I ever thought that they did. As a result of the return, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer the counter thought here for a second, Rick. Okay. Um, what's the longest road trip you've ever been on with with a friend? Did you go like you were a Dartmouth guy when you graduated? Did you did you do a did you go backpacking through Europe? No, uh, we I drove across the, uh, after I graduated. Yeah. I drove across the country with a buddy. Were you guys still friends at the not, end of that drive? Uh, yes, we were, but we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were still friends, but we um, took a break. But the relationship was strained for a while, and yes. we didn't when we when we didn't talk for a couple months. Okay, so that that's kind of my point, which is like one chemistry. One Ben Simmons in terms of likelihood of breaking a, proto, a protocol. Yeah, I, he'd be on yeah. the list. Secondly, yeah. like there's some personality quirks between he and Embiid, which you know again like. Normally, you normally you go in your own cabs, you go your own Ubers, or whatever. You go your own way, yep. but I I do think that for the Clippers who haven't hadn't yet totally come together, it could really help for the 76ers that had been together and had seemingly struggled to fit all these personalities on and off the floor together. I I actually think that could hurt them. Well, if you like, so I you just around each other too much. No, no, my team, my team. See, I don't think they're a surprise team. You were asking me for a shock team. Like my, my, the, the team that I could see this winning easily for a number of reasons that do fit with my, all of my theories are the Toronto Raptors. Because, but I don't know if you look at them as a shock team if they won at all. I mean, they, they would be defending their championship successfully. But I, they don't have chemistry issues. Uh, they have size. Uh, certainly they have experience and, uh, and, and I love that it's a sign that, you know, they already went, they're already in Florida. They already took their team down there. It's a little odd that they already took their team down there considering what Florida is, but the fact that they've done that and we haven't heard a peep about any issues from anybody on that team about doing that uh, to me is all are, are all positive sign. So I just, but they've been a team that I've thought had a legitimate shot at the championship all year long. So I was trying to go out of the box, but your points about chemistry are very good. And I kind of knew there was something about Philly that I, I just couldn't get on that. But, but from the size standpoint, I, I do, I still stand that they have better opportunity because of their potential of the way that they play. I'm my, my other caveat with that is, it's hard for me to believe that Joel Embiid has been staying in tip-top shape all this time. I know there's been Instagram stuff out there where he's in the weight room, but doing the hard kind of aerobic conditioning necessary, it's just not what I've known Joel Embiid to be. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, that's, that's one other reason why, as much as I want to go with my theory of size is going to, is, is going to stand out, and they are one of the biggest teams in the league, uh, there are a lot of other factors that uh, intangible factors that that could send it the other way. 
He's on Twitter, at Rick Buecher. That is at Rick Buecher, Fox Sports 1, Bleacher Report, NBA Insider, about to take a cross-country trip to Orlando with his three best friends. So wish him luck <laughs> if you see him yeah. in his car. As he... I, and, and, and after that Philly explanation, I'm going to backpedal there the whole way. <laughs> take it easy, buddy. We'll talk to you. See you guys. <laughs> Great stuff there from Rick Buecher. You know, I've done one cross-country trip. Luckily, it was with my wife. So we got along well. We drove across country, but at the end, it was okay. We got to kind of get there, uh, you know. Let's 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 let 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 let's get there. We, I see the finish line. Let's go. I know we can do a couple of days here and here. Let's just get there. I'm I'm kind of ready to go. Yeah, we we haven't. I actually want to do that this summer uh, with my with my kids. Um, yeah, I want to I want to do the RV thing. I've 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 wanted to do it forever. I don't have an RV, but I'd like to have an RV. I don't want to buy an RV because not because I'm cheap, but because I have friends that have had a really cool RV and after a couple of summers they were like, yeah, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I want to do it, but I do. I've, I've done some cross country journeys. I've actually, you know, like, look when I was, um, well, you can rent one, you know, I know I mean, we, I, we've I, done that and it, you'll go for like three or four days and feel like you're gone for a week and a half. Yeah. That's no, what, no. that's, that's that vacation is kind of like, so, but, but I, I will say this in terms of basketball team and different personalities, when I was in high school, the AAU circuit was you play one tournament in Long Beach, one tournament in Vegas, and one tournament in Phoenix, right? And they were, you know, three different weeks. Those were the open weeks. And by the way, you'd you'd have a camp. You know, there's either the, the biggest camps that, that was ABCD or Nike at the time, and then there was a smaller camp. So you'd actually be with the same people for a better part of a month. And I'm telling you that every year we got to Phoenix and some there was a fight. <laughs> it was just, like, always a fight. And that was one month. You're yeah. talking about three months? I, that will challenge the chemistry of, of any team. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Doug at Gottlieb Show, Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes. Uh, we'll have more bubble talk coming up in a bit, but straight ahead, we have a big story coming out of Major League Baseball today. One team really not happy after what's going on the past couple of days. We got it right here for you next. Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes. Thanks to Rick Buecher stopping by a few minutes ago on the Mercedes-Benz hotline. Do you suffer from lead foot? Do goosebumps appear for no reason? Stop living with uninspired performance. Visit mbusa.com slash AMG. That's mbusa.com slash AMG. Find out if a Mercedes AMG coupe sedan or SUV is right for you. Mercedes AMG driving performance. So a few minutes ago, we talked to Rick Buecher about life in the NBA bubble, and now life in Major League Baseball is starting to take a bit of a turn. As today, the Washington Nationals have closed their camp. GM Mike Rizzo making the announcement on Twitter a few moments ago saying that because of the MLB testing protocol, they don't feel safe opening camp because they are still waiting for their players' COVID-19 tests. Quote, Without accurate and timely testing, it is simply not safe for us to continue with summer camp. Major League Baseball needs to work quickly to resolve issues with their process and their lab. And, Doug, this is something we had heard some players talk about over the weekend, that, boy, uh, after the first couple of days of going through this process, I I don't know that Major League Baseball quite has their act together on this. No, but, again, I I just think there's, there's a certain reasonable nature here, right? Like, 
There's a bigger question. The David Price question is really interesting, right? Here's a guy who has a $210 million overall contract, a, a guy who it should be pointed out um, is giving $1,000 to, I believe, 200 minor league players who lost their job, right? Mm-hmm. That's 200000 My math's not great, but $200,000, that's a, that's a lot of money. Like, that's a lot of money to guys that you don't know. Um, a- anyway, um, where he's not pleased opting out, you know, because of COVID concerns. I just think there's a reasonable nature, which is like, yeah, I, I'd be... I'm a little, you know, Mike Trout, his wife's pregnant. I'm a little off by this, but I'm going to trust that there's some kinks. They'll get it worked out. And that's kind of where I am with it. Like, if you just, if you're reasonable about it and you understand that this is all, um, you know, uh, new territory for all of us, especially these sports franchises, that this is not how they're, they're not usually built for these things. You generally figure it out. And I, I think that's a reasonable nature. Like, look, I, I guess the, the question is this, Jason, and this is a question I have for you. I know my answer. If we operate on the premise that there is no vaccine, at least until 2021, and this is out there and you're not going to be able to maintain a completely clean bubble, do you think we should have sports? Because if you're going to have sports, you're going to have positive COVID-19 tests. That's the way right. it goes. Uh, certain sports I think we can have and certain sports I think are going to be impossible to have. You know, there's certain sports, you know, we've gotten back golf, we've gotten back NASCAR, we've gotten back UFC, and we're going to have those sports all the way through. I'd like to think that baseball is the most, I would say, most COVID-friendly, I guess, for lack of a better term. No question. Where, where the, well, you COVID, could be able to have this, where, it, where you yeah. could play and not worry as much about infection because you're not as close. You're not, you're not, you're not, you know, swapping bodily fluids mainly. It's, you know, where the NBA and, and the NFL, you're going to have that. Yes. And they're playing in Korea. They've been playing in Korea for two months. Like we can do this. They, clearly it can be done. I mean, baseball with the exception of the baseball, you don't come, you don't have to come anywhere near anybody, especially in an empty stadium. So like, I, 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 I think being cautious is reasonable. I think freaking out especially in baseball, is being unreasonable. Yeah, but now's the freak-out time. This is the... No, now's okay. the time to take a breath and to go like, all right, like right, what's the problem? Yeah, but Figure now that out. you're here and doing, I think now that you're here and doing it and you actually have to do it and it's not an idea in the abstract of, oh, yeah, of course we want to play baseball. Well, now you're here and you're playing and everybody's wearing math. Oh, I don't know. There's that freak-out time that's just going to happen, and I think we got, you got to get past that freak-out time. Okay. I, I, it's, it's, um, yes, you have to get past it. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't believe, I don't know. Shutting down camps, I don't think is actually the way to go about it, but I don't, again, I don't know how dysfunctional this process is. Again, this uh, new story, the Nationals have shut down their camp because they have not gotten back their COVID-19 tests. Uh, and they want major league baseball to have better, issues with being able to process tests and their lab. This is a developing story we'll continue on with. But coming up next, boy, one tweet from the president earlier today has one sport all kinds of in the news. This is next on Fox.